and uh, we haven't done that for a while because we've been in revival, so this is the first be there in a while. Thank you to all the people that are involved in that. Amen. I think the Kaufmans are out today preparing for that tonight. Uh, the Kaufmans and the Winklers and then all the people that are involved in that. <clears throat> it is a great, great blessing to us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 11. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, without Christ. You were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Amen. Now, there was an individual that raised their hand some time ago based on the scripture and wanted to know if, if that confirmed that there were extraterrestrial folks. That's not what that's referring to. That's talking about being outside, that outside, alien from the commonwealth of Israel. You didn't have a place or a part. You were strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, no hope, and without God in the world. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus... You who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen. Because of Calvary and the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm not on the outside of God's purposes, but I'm on the inside of what God is doing. Amen. And I, I want to remember that. I want to reflect on that. Amen. I want to draw strength from that. Praise God. And I want to preach for a few moments this morning on one word. Remember. Nudge your neighbor and tell them, remember. Praise God. Remember. Remember. God has brought us a mighty, mighty long way. Lord, we love you and praise you. We thank you for everybody that is gathered together in the house of the Lord here today. Every class we're spread across the property today. I pray that your anointing is in every class, upon every teacher and every student, because we are all students of your word. Amen. We pray that you would encourage and strengthen us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Can be seated. Remember. Maybe you've heard about the guy named John who had a serious memory problem. No reflection on you, Brother John DeArmond. That's uh, not referring to you. One day, John ran into a friend he had not seen in a long time. He greeted him and said, Bill, do you, no reflection on any bills here either. Do you remember what a bad memory I had? Bill answered, yes, I certainly do. Well, it's not bad anymore. I went to a seminar that taught us how to remember things. It was great, and now I have a wonderful memory. Bill answered, that's great. What was the name of the seminar? Well, John said, wait a minute. My wife went with me. I'll ask her. He turned and saw his wife nearby. And he turned back to Bill and he said, hey, what's the name of that flower with the long stem and thorns and a red bloom? Do you mean a rose? Bill answered, yeah, thanks, John said. Hey, Rose, what is the name of that seminar we attended? <laughs> Praise God. Sometimes people can be uh, forgetful and we need help sometimes to jog our memories and in the scripture, there are many examples in which God tells us to remember some things. I saw just a brief little clip from Jordan Peterson, who is a psychologist, very inspirational and motivational, and he talks about the purpose of memory. It's very fascinating because the purpose of memory is not, he said, not to go back and bring up and have a memory of bad things. He said that is not the purpose of memory. That's typically what we do to ourselves because we have memories of things in the past that are unpleasant. Amen. Everybody's got skeletons in the closet and those memories are reflective of that. But he said, that's not the reason that you have the gift of memory. The gift of memory is to go back and look at those circumstances and draw from the lessons that you learn from those mistakes in order to apply them so that in the present and the future, you can be better. Man, that is powerful and it's actually very, very biblical. God didn't give us the spirit 
spirit of God and the anointing of God to bury ourselves in the memories of our past, but he, he put them there. They're in our way so that we can learn from them and take the life lessons from them and then say, okay, the present and the future is going to be much brighter because I'm not going to make the same mistakes that I made in the past. Don't beat yourself up because of past mistakes. Move forward and learn from those things and say, I learned from that. I'm not doing that anymore. And today's going to be a better day. And tomorrow is going to be a better day because I've learned some life lessons. Everybody in this place has learned some life lessons. What do you say we take all of those things and we come better in the future because God is propelling us with the ability to remember, to remember. And so there's some things in the scripture that help us Remember, when God destroyed the earth in a flood, the scripture tells us that he told Noah, chapter 9 of, and verse number 11 of Genesis, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the rainbow that is an established covenant. So when you see that, you will recognize and you will remember that I was merciful to you and your family, and I was true to my promises. When everybody else ridiculed you about what you were building, they'd never seen rain, they thought you were crazy, I... I was one that was faithful to what I promised to you, and so remember that. And through that, not only am I going to bring it to your remembrance, but I'm going to bring it to everybody else after that I was faithful to a man that had faith. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and so I want you to remember what I have richly done for you. There are circumstances in our life when we may feel an intimidation and the pressures of the world, but you just keep staying true to the word of God. Amen and God is going to be faithful to you and you're going to look back and say I remember because God was in that. Amen. God was in that when everybody else had their version of events and their narrative. I was following the word of the Lord and God was faithful and so I look back on those days and I remember that and it gives me strength for today. Amen. Remember when Joshua led the children of Israel across the Jordan River and they were making their way into the promised land. As they were making their way to the Jordan, the waters stopped and they walked across the Jordan River and the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant and they stepped into the water at the river's edge and God did a great work and they crossed over. They stood in the middle of the river until the people had crossed safely into the promised land. And when everybody was on the other side, Joshua told 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes, to go into the middle of the riverbed, select 12 large stones. And then they brought those stones onto the riverbank and they made a monument and they built a monument there. And in Joshua chapter four, Joshua told them in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. It's going to be a memorial. These stones are going to be a representation forever. And whenever children pass by, it's going to be a generational thing, not just for you, but it's going to be a generational thing as long as that memorial stands. When they pass by and they want to know what is this pile of rocks, you'll be able 
able to tell them God was with us when we crossed over the Jordan River into the promised land. Amen. And it's a memorial. There are some things in your life that you need to memorialize and you need to tell it to future generations. That is the power of a testimony. Amen. Whenever we get together as a family, it's always fun to talk about things that God has done. And sometimes a generation that is behind you will want you to tell the same stories that you have told them to others because it's a it's a moment of encouragement and motivation praise God don't ever shortchange the things that God has done for you in your life don't ever shortchange your testimony there's another generation that needs to hear you know what I was alien I was away from the commonwealth I didn't have a place but God did a mighty thing in my life and I'm testifying about it somebody needs to talk about when God healed you somebody needs to tell another generation how God saved you somebody needs to tell God about the time your back was against a wall and you didn't know where to turn or what you were going to do but somehow God came through mightily another generation needs to hear the memorial of the richness of God's mercy I was in a hospital room somewhere. I didn't think I was ever coming out of that place, but I felt the presence come over me like warm oil from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, and I walked out of that place under the anointing and power of God. Somebody needs to hear that memorial. Hallelujah. Praise God. Some people may say, it's just a pile of rocks. It's not a pile of rocks if you know why it's there. Not a pile of rocks if you know what it was for and what God has done with it. Praise God. You know how it becomes just a pile of rocks? It's when people forget where God brought them across the Jordan River. That's how it becomes forgotten. It becomes forgotten when you stop talking about the goodness of the Lord. It becomes forgotten when you don't take the time and effort to say that's a priority in our family and in our life. That's a cornerstone. That is why we are built here. That is why we've got fabric and roots here. That's why our family is here because we remember where God brought us from. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands and thank the Lord together. Remember, remember. Praise God. There are special days and times in the scripture that help us remember specific events. And there are some in the scripture that are, that are so very important that are worth reflecting on. The first one is the Feast of the Passover. For 400 years, the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt. God called Moses and said, Moses, I want you to go back into Egypt and say to Pharaoh, let my people go. <laughs> Praise God. This is kind of political, and I, I really don't like to get into political things from a pulpit because there's different viewpoints. And, but it's a funny story. When Barack Obama was trying to make a push for, for uh, gun control, and he was, was targeting Charles Heston. And he said to Charles Heston, who was a, a member of the NRA, he said, he said, Charles, he said, you need to speak the words of God and you need to say, uh, let my people go. As if everybody that had guns and was in the NRA was enslaved. And Charleston Heston, he knew enough of the scripture to, say, to, to come back and say, well, he said, maybe you need to listen to God who said, who's on the Lord's side? Come and go with me. Okay. <laughs> So, so here they were. They're, they're coming out of Egypt, and Moses goes into Pharaoh's, 
court and he says, let my people go. For 400 years, they had been enslaved. And so God sent plague after plague upon Egypt. And every time when the plague was at its worst, Pharaoh would say, stop the plague and I'll let the people go. But after every plague, Pharaoh would renege on his promise and he would continue their slavery. Finally, Moses tells the Egyptian officials, this is what the Lord says about midnight. I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. There will be loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or will ever be again. God gave instructions to the Hebrews. Each family was to choose a year-old lamb, one without blemish or without spot, the best of the flock. Let me just stop right there in this story and tell you that there is a principle that is ensconced in that instruction, and that is you go out and you find the best and you give the best to God. Sometimes we don't give God our best. We give God our second, third, and fourth best. I believe it's time for the people of God to give God the best. There's also a principle in tithes and offering there. You don't give God what is left over. You put God right in the forefront of everything, and you say, this is the first fruits. I am giving to you first because you're more important than anything else. I'm giving to you my time, my effort, my money, my finances. I'm not waiting two or three months down the road and then trying to figure out what is my ties. Every time it comes every month, I'm giving you my best. I'm not waiting three months to give you good worship. I'm giving you worship every opportunity I get because I want you to have the first fruits. The first. Fr I want everybody to know that I am blessed because of God's blessing. Amen. It's not second, third rate. It's first rate. It's because God is a number one priority in my life. And when God's a priority in your life, doors open, things happen, things change because God knows you put him in the rightful place you value him it's the first fruits find the best that you've got and give that to God and he gave them instructions and he told them kill the lamb drain its blood into a basin roast the lamb but before you eat take a bunch of hyssop dip it into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on the sides of the door frame fascinating. Put it on the side, the top and the side. Don't put it on the threshold. You don't walk over or trot on the blood. You walk through the door and the blood is going to cover you, but you don't walk on the threshold. <laughs> Praise God. I'm thankful for baptism in Jesus' name because when you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're walking through the door. You're not stepping on it because you value how great it is, but you're walking through the door that cleanses and washes your sins. Praise God. There's an illustration in a biblical truth that has a New Testament application in this story. Put it on the doorposts and it's going to be a sign. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. There'll be no destructive plague that will touch you when I strike Egypt. So someone in every Jewish home took hyssop, dipped it in blood, put it on the door frame. And that night, just as God had told them, he brought judgment upon Egypt and there was weeping and wailing in the homes of the Egyptians. But wherever God saw the blood of the lamb, those homes were spared. The next morning, Exodus chapter 12 and verse 33 tells us the Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. After 400 years of bondage, they were finally free. God said, this is a day that you are to commemorate for the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. It is a lasting ordinance. Over 3,500 years have passed since that day, and every year faithful Jews still celebrate. They still remember the Passover 
And it's important to us that we don't forget either because it has spiritual ramifications to us. They were to remember at that festival every single year. They were to remember. Praise God. It has ramifications for us because it's a type of water baptism. It's a type of the blood of Jesus that is the spotless lamb. It is a type of his power that brings us out of slavery and into a promised land. Anybody thankful you once were in bondage, but God brought you out of slavery and bondage, and he brought you into a better land called the promised land. Praise God. I want to remember that. Praise God. When you were baptized in Jesus' name, the blood was applied to the doorpost, and you went down in a watery grave. You need to remember that. You need to reflect upon that. Thank God that he washed away my past degradation, dysfunction, and it all went right down the drain, and he gave to me a new opportunity. Praise God. To not be enslaved, but to be redeemed. Remember, remember. So this was an important festival. The Passover was important. There was a meal of remembrance from the very, very beginning when God has created all things. There is in the scripture built into it an understanding that on the seventh day he rested. It was a day of rest. And it was there so that they could rest and worship. They were connected together. The Sabbath was the day that was a day of worship and rest. Centuries passed from that beginning until they had twisted and distorted the Sabbath day that God had set aside. And it became so bad that in the days of Jesus, Jesus cried out to the Pharisees and he said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You have elevated a day and you have made it something that is so rigid that you're missing the point of the Sabbath. You have, you have constructed it down and crunched it down to so many rules on what it means to work and do things on the Sabbath that you're missing the point that when I heal somebody on the Sabbath, you want to call me to task. The Sabbath was made so that people could have rest and they could worship God. When Jesus was crucified, and buried and raised from the dead he was raised on the first day of the week when the day of Pentecost came the church was established 3,000 responded the Holy Ghost fell and those believers started meeting regularly to worship the Lord and to encourage one another and the book of Revelation calls that day the Lord's day that day of worship is the Lord's day and so it is to us when we come to the house of God we're not just coming because we need to show up and show ourselves we're coming to worship the Lord praise God we're coming to magnify him why do you do that because I want to remember what God has done for me I want to remember my status right now is because of God's mercy that is transformative when people ask you why do you go to church so much you need to tell them we go to church so that we can remember remember what remember where God brought me from that's why I go because I want God to know that I remember he's brought me a mighty long way praise God brother Raymond I can barely see you only your head we're going to change that and elevate that so that we can see the rest of your body at least half of it but I can see your hands in the air you know why because there's some things worth remembering in your life I remember when you were dropped off at the office and I drove you down to Union to your favorite Mexican food place that you hadn't had in a long long time those are days worth remembering where God has brought you a mighty, mighty long way. You've done things that, that, that would defy the naysayers. Praise God. Those things are worth remembering. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have gotten here if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, that was an advocate, that was helping me, that was inspiring me. I 
wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for a church that wouldn't have just judged me but came up alongside me and said, you can do it, you can make it, just keep working. Praise God. You, you, you want to talk about stuff to remember? A gangbanger, a mess in prison, coming out of prison, and then going to try to get on some kind of track and education to make something of himself and all the things that came with that, the insecurities. Of, I've never been a student. I've never been into this school and all this other kind of stuff. At some point, many times, I felt like just giving up and walking away. But thank God there was a brother and a sister that said, you know what? You're not stupid. You've got intelligence. You can educate yourself. You keep plowing forward. You keep doing it. There were some ups and downs, but thank God, God put you in a hospital room this past week with an 82-year-old patient that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in a hospital room. Praise God. That's worth remembering. Praise God. You thrilled me. You sent a text to me and said, I'm standing in a hospital room, 82 years old. I'm giving care to a lady, prayed for her. She's talking in tongues in a hospital room. Listen to me. Every single one of you in this place, there are some things that are worth worshiping God for. When we come into the house of God, we're coming to worship God because of what he has richly done. That's transformative in your thinking. That's why I'm not just standing. That's why I've got my hands in the air. That's why I'm walking. That's why I'm worshiping because I recognize recognize it's the mercy of God it's the grace of God I'm not here because this is a social club I'm here because I'm worshiping the king of kings and lord of lords hallelujah come on clap your hands there's some things worth remembering remember 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 praise God man I feel the holy ghost in this place don't forget, don't forget. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of scriptures that are there. There's some positive ones, and I don't want to focus too much on the negative ones, but there's some negative ones, like remember Lot's wife. God's pulling them out of Sodom and Gomorrah, sent two angels to dig them out of where they are and taking them to safety, and she's so connected and so integrated in the past and that culture and lifestyle that she had to turn around and look back. Listen to me. If God brings you from dysfunction and degradation and destruction, it's not worth looking back. Look forward. Look forward to heaven. Stop turning around and looking at hell. Look forward to heaven. I'm not looking backward anymore because where I came from was hell, fire, brimstone, destruction. But I've got my eyes set on a prize. I've got my future set on a city that's on a hill and I'm moving forward praise God remember sister Lisa thank you for standing up remember she told me just recently she went back to the doctor and the doctor told her Lisa Lisa your health is much much better the last time that you were in here if you would have been in the same state you wouldn't have made it two or three years what in the world have you been doing to get where you are right now Lisa said oh I'd love to tell you <laughs> I'd love to tell you Jesus did a work in my life the Holy Ghost turned things around 180 I could be dead in two years but but today, I'm in the house of God. You know what I'm doing? I'm worshiping him. I'm praising him. I'm magnifying him. Remember, 
She stayed with Sister Abby for some months and Sister Debbie for some months. She's now in her own place and she's on her own and she's got independence. And because she's got independence, the devil could come in and say, now that you got independence, you can go back to the same old lifestyle and nobody would know. But you know where she, you know where she is today? She's in the house of worship because she came to remember, remember, God has done great things for me. Woo! Somebody just needs to let out a Holy Ghost yell. Woo! Thank God. Thank God. I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm remembering what God has richly done. Amen. Praise God. There was a Passover. There was a day of worship. And then there was a meal of memory. It was the night before his crucifixion that Jesus met with his disciples in an upper room to celebrate the Passover together. And it was an evening of remembering as God had long ago commanded. But as they ate, Jesus gave them something new, something greater to remember. For Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Have you ever wondered what Jesus was talking about when he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood? Do you know why he had said it? It was because it was a fulfillment of a prophecy that God had made centuries ago before through the prophet Jeremiah. The time is coming, declares the Lord. When I will make a new covenant, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. No longer were some of the ingredients of the Passover meal simply to be a reminder of their release from Egyptian bondage. But now the bread and the cup were to be eternal reminders of Jesus, his sacrifice and his love. That is why he said, do this in remembrance of me. You're not going to have to go out and find a perfect lamb because I am the perfect lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. You're not going to have to do it year after year after year because I'm going to do it for once and for all. It's going to be for an eternity. And the meal is to be a meal of remembrance, of thinking about how good God's blood and his mercy is to us. I think somebody in this place ought to lift up their hands and lift up their voice and thank the Lord together just for a few moments and say thank you Jesus praise God as the musicians come this morning Paul said whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes amen you're making a proclamation I believe in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus and I may not be able to speak eloquently but I can proclaim my faith through these emblems. And so I partake in remembrance of him. Amen. Paul said it this way. He said, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? I'm remembering his power and his ability. They crucified him and put him in a tomb, in a grave. But he didn't stay there. He came up with all power in his hand. He's not a dead God, but he's a God that's alive. He's a living God, and there is power. When I participate and remember through those emblems and those elements, I'm declaring to a world there is only one that is more powerful than the grave, death, and hell. His name is Jesus. 
Praise God. I remember. I'm remembering. I'm taking a moment to remember. Praise God. We've all traveled the same dusty road. We've sinned and we're not worthy to be here, but we do not partake because we're worthy. We partake because God is holy and God invites us to come together into his presence and to remember what he has done for us. Don't ever forget. Remember. Remember. We have much to remember. Whatever you do, don't forget how we got here. Don't forget the price that has been paid. Don't forget the price that is being paid so that we can live in freedom and enjoy the blessings that God has given to us. Don't ever forget. Amen. Remember. As we stand together in the house of the Lord today, Peter, in his epistle, writes empowering words. It's rather lengthy reading, but it's certainly not a boring reading in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3. Peter, as you know, upon reflecting in his life later, after many mishaps and mistakes and failures and denials, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding, everyone say exceeding, exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren, everyone say barren, nor unfruitful, say unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacked these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. All those things that we just talked about. If you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse number 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, as long as I'm in this body, as long as I am living, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Peter said, I'm going to stir you up and I'm going to stir you up by reflecting and remembering what God has richly done in your life. Praise God. You know what we need to do in conclusion here today? We need to stir up in remembrance what God has richly done in our life. Amen. All over this building, let's lift up our hands and reflect on God's goodness to us. I'm remembering in the house of God today. Remember, remember, God has brought me. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, lift up your voice and just remember. Remember way back. Maybe remember in the last few days. Maybe remember God's mercy and reflect on the fact 
Hallelujah. That he made a way. His healing, his anointing, and his touch. Come on. You're not too far away from God. God can call you from a far off. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. God. Praise God. something worth remembering why don't you walk to the front this morning amen if we started handing around the microphone and asking some of you what do you remember there would be significant life changing moments that you would say oh yeah i remember i remember where god brought me from i remember the mercy that he bestowed upon me i remember the grace he pulled me out of addiction God, come on, church. I'm not asking for a whole lot here this morning. It's still 11:13. We got a lot of time to get to lunch. Praise God. Hallelujah. But today in the house of God, I'm stirring up some memories. Hallelujah. I'm stirring up some things to remember. service today I'm here to worship the Lord in a day of remembrance I'm remembering hallelujah the next time somebody asks you you guys go to church three times a week sometimes more why do you do that because we remember where God brought a perfect opportunity instead of putting your head down and acting like yeah I know we go to church a lot use it as an opportunity an open door to testify let me tell you why I go three times a week because I remember some things that impacted my life a sovereign God has done a work in my life I'm not ashamed about it I'm not intimidated about it as a matter of fact instead of going to the club you need to come to church with me instead of going to the bar you need to come to church with me instead of going to the game you need to come to church with me things to be thankful for in the house of God today. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're thankful that Philip and Danette Wagner made it home. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. 
some of the ministry, Brother Brock, if you grab some of the anointing oil, and uh, we need to pray for Sister Jester that is sitting back there. Amen. We want God to touch her, so you, you take that back and we'll pray together. Amen. Praise God. This week's prayer request, you'll see some reflected here this morning, projected. If you have a special prayer that you would like to join with all of these that you see, all of our prodigals, let's pray for them. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And all these names, people put these in weekly. And so we want to take a moment in time right here to pray for each and every one of them. Amen. Praise God. Let's join together and pray right now. Lord, we love you and thank you. We praise you. Amen. I remember, I remember the healing and the work of God and the hand of God. I know you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we pray that you're healing and you're anointing and power. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that it touches individuals that are not in this building, but there is virtue that flows from this house to where they are. I pray that you would do a deep work. I pray that you would do a healing work. Praise God and that your anointing will touch them. Thank you, Jesus. We agree together. We agree together in the house of God and we apply your name to every person in every situation, every family, amen, every prodigal. Praise God. We ask God that your anointing would flow. In Jesus' name we pray. We give to you thanks. Let's thank him for a work that we may not see right now, but we know that he's working. Praise God. He's working behind the scenes. Amen. Keep working. Keep working. We'll keep praying. We'll, we'll keep putting our faith in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.